0: Who cares about your team winning the Super Bowl when your team could win the offseason? My name is Danny Heifetz, and I host the Ringer NFL Draft Show with Danny Kelly,
1: Ben Solak, and Craig Horlbeck. We cover trades, free agency, the draft, obviously. We cover quarterbacks, and there are a lot of good quarterbacks this year. And the teams at the top of the draft, Washington, New England, Chicago, big teams with big histories. Listen to the Ringer NFL Draft Show on Spotify. On today's episode of One Shining Podcast, we have Purdue legend, Robbie Hummel on the show. Very excited to have Robbie on the show. Have not had him on this iteration of One Shining Podcast. He's the best. I've worked with him uh, since 2018 on this 3X3U ESPN deal. So we'll have Robbie on. If you've been waiting for us to talk about Purdue in a polite fashion and uh, someone that has seen Purdue up close in person, this is the show for you. So Robbie, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Big Ten in general. So this is a nice little Midwest uh, touch point. We'll also do some shout outs, Kyle and I went to USC, sat courtside, we saw Bronny in person, we got some real, um, you know, unfiltered Bronny thoughts in the best way possible, because Bronny passed the test, he's a cool kid, so uh, we, we enjoyed being at USC, shout out to USC for uh, setting it all up, and hopefully we have some more USC content on the way. Kyle, anything
0: else before we get into today's episode? I'm still so charged up from last night, I slept in both <laughs> my chains, I'm excited to recap, but first, Woody Durham. Hey,
1: Welcome back to One Shining Podcast. It is Friday morning, and joining us now is a 2019 world champion, a Purdue legend, and the best color commentator in college basketball right now. He is Robbie Humble. Robbie, great to see you, man. Good to see you too, Tate. Uh, How are you doing? I'm doing well, and uh, it's great. to a lot, a lot of times when you and I are talking, we would be at the 3X3U tournament that we did for ESPN2 back in the day. Yes. We had some uh, some glorious battles there, Team Tate versus Team Hummel. Uh, yes. We had the Daily one. Double. Yeah, Ryan Daly uh, was my guy year one. <laughs> year two, you had your super team. You beat us. So we, we need the rubber match at some point. I, I did not participate last year, but I just wanted to start there, that eventually you need to put a, a, a team together. I'll put a team together. We'll find a court, and we'll have our rubber match, and we'll figure out who's the better GM, coach, whatever you want to call us.
2: Well, the sad thing is that I actually forgot that we had a second iteration. <laughs> I thought I was really 0 right. one so no, uh, yeah, no. one I knew all the time, and I but even the series. And uh, I missed 3X3U, because, and I don't know if it's going to happen this year. It was always a really fun um, event. It was much different last year. Uh, I think a sponsorship fell through. So yeah. it was a very watered down like 2 hour version of it but man the, the Hooters Lounge was hilarious. <laughs> um, we, we
1: had a lot of runs. I mean it started in San Antonio, right? We had the Final yeah. 4 2018. Then we went to the Rotunda at the I Mall of America. I think that was America. the peak. Minneapolis yeah, right. to
2: me was the peak of 3x3U because the crowds were huge at the Mall of America. The Big 10 had a good team with and obviously mm-hmm. with Minnesota being being there and one of and Jordan Murphy being a Minnesota player. That was yeah, that was fun. Now I will say the three x three u days were grinds. It was like, all right, <laughs> first day on air at two, you're right. done at eleven. Then the next day, we're up at like eight a.m., start at nine, and you're going till four. And then you had the third. It was like by the end, our voices were Kyle Montgomery. Yeah, is shout out to an Kyle. He Kyle is. is an animal, and he does that all the time. Mm. He think about it, he does these three on three tournaments for FIBA, and he talks to himself for eight hours. He at his own jokes. He, and he's, it sounds good, That's <laughs> right? What's insane. saying? Like he, and he's got a that.
1: nickname for everybody. I mean, some of the greatest yeah. ones. I mean, Ryan Daly, Daily Double. I mentioned that one. Headband Terry. I mean, we've had some. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and Headband in Jay- the
2: league now. He's, yeah, right. He's
1: going strong he's with balling. the Bulls that's the other part like a lot of times these three extra you guys like now I see them like if you go to the final four you'll see them randomly on a coaching staff or yeah. like they're playing and they just happen to be there for the weekend so uh, shout out to Drew uh, our, our guy Drew yes. Russell for making that happen and uh, it was some great times and we got some great coverage and uh, you and Kyle did all the hard work Titus and I were just in the lounge throwing you guys got the cash. fun stuff you <laughs> yeah, guys got right. to shoot
2: the money guns and, and yeah, do we, all the uh, the fun stuff over
1: there we were just uh, we were the first guys to pay college athletes now everybody's getting paid <laughs> um, guys, but we did it they're trendsetters.
2: Yeah, right. We, right there.
1: we are pioneers. Um, and speaking of things that are pioneer pioneering in college basketball, I want to talk about the Robbie Hummel special um, because this keeps happening. You call the Northwestern game overtime game uh, against your Purdue Bowlermakers on Wednesday night, and uh, every single time that I see Purdue on upset alert, I literally cut to the game and then on the call it's Robbie Hummel. And I just wanted to ask you: Are you told that you're just going to have to do this many Purdue games? Like, are you scheduling this on purpose? Like, what is going <laughs> on here? Let's get some behind the scenes on yeah. how you're calling all these upset specials um, sure so i have no
2: input into what games i do okay they are they are assigned um but you know with the whole so your bosses are like
1: purdue robbie hummel you know match made in heaven everything yeah time.
2: i i guess um i have actually I, i've called 13 purdue games this year they played 22 so i <laughs> insane I'm, which is a lot um it makes your prep much easier you know i, mm-hmm. I feel like i know purdue pretty well at this point um But with that being said, you know, you you just, you go where they tell you to go. And I guess if you do 66 or about 66% of a team's games and they lose a couple, it's a good chance that you're probably going to do them. And for this year, I've called both the Purdue's losses, but I've also called 11 wins. So I- yeah, you know, yeah, I know. Every time they lose, and I do the game, it's like you are one of the leaders of
1: this. Where I've seen, the tweet goes up of the jinx is on, and I. The one year I it's had, not a jinx. I'm just I just feel bad. I feel like no. they're trying to set you up, Robbie. That's a, the that's one my year. Problem. I think this was two years. Yeah, two years ago now, I had an
2: incredible streak of buzzer beaters against Purdue. Ron Harper mm-hmm. Jr. half court shot, right? Tyson Walker game winning three in East Lansing. Chucky e. Hepburn, Wisconsin banked two shots in a row on, on back-to-back possessions and to, to beat Purdue and yeah. win the Big Ten. I, th- I feel like there was one more, maybe. Um, but it was like every buzzer beater that I saw that year was a pretty loss. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's it's part of the territory. I just want to see good games. I mean, that's that's what every announcer wants to do. It's not fun to call games when it's a 30-point blowout. But it is yeah. fun when you've got a game like last night where it's like, I mean, the shot-making on both sides was incredible. The atmosphere. I've I've been to a lot of games at Mac Arena. I played in some incredible atmospheres there. Um that was that was up there last night. That that yeah. was a really, really good environment. So it's amazing to me though, you know, when I was in college, the video game NCAA basketball was very popular, at least amongst yep. the players. Mm-hmm. And it was funny the last well, you got to play as
1: yourself. You know what I mean? Oh, you yeah. look and, nothing and funny, like you, and didn't have yes, your
2: name, and, yes. and didn't have even like even your skill hair, set. Number four, but it wasn't <laughs> yeah. me apparently. Right. Um, but you could choose in the last version if you wanted to play on ESPN and Vitel would call the game, or you could play on CBS and and Gus Johnson would call the game. And in the game, in the last couple of versions, you know, if you had an arena that was considered a top 25 venue, when your opponent would go to the free throw line, you could like mash L one and R one, and it, it would shake. make the screen like shake, yeah right? And it'd be harder to like get the meter on the free throws. Well, Mackey Arena was not even considered a top 25 venue, and to, and we were always like, well, that's kind of an oversight because we have played here, and I've played at other places, and I I think that for the big games, it's pretty good. But now it's amazing how much it's changed because I think Mackey Arena is only second to Allen Fieldhouse. And I mm. think that it's the second best atmosphere in college hoops. And it's it's amazing. You know, their Christmas break games, sellouts. And the students aren't there. They sell out every game. The uh, the way that they do the music and the in-game stuff and the entertainment. It's unbelievable. It really is. It's become a beast in itself, and it helps when your team is really good and Purdue's really good. But um, I, I'm I'm so impressed with how far that place has come, even though it was really really good for big games before.
1: And it's really really nice. Like if you go into Mackie, like the chairs, the seats, like everything is is five stars. I mean, Titus joked on our show back in the day that the bathrooms were incredible. Right? I mean, Mackey uh, has sounds a lot like of good, a Titus
2: uh, very to Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, right. But it, but it's true. Like I went there and I was like, he's not wrong. These are, these are some great bathrooms. And then when we were there, Isaac Haas was just walking around. You know, I mean, Painter's got a great culture of guys yeah. that just want to be around the program. Obviously, the fans love it, and I feel like Lance Jones doing the sandstorm dance is kind of like the uh the thing that everyone points to this year to be like see the the Purdue atmosphere is electric it's fun it's it's kind of like got just good vibes for college basketball so uh, lance jones and the fans there are are making Mackey special so it is good to see and i feel like it's more national than it ever was before
2: yeah it totally is it totally is and and lance jones the <laughs> the dance was that's pretty funny um he's a guy that's fit in so well you know i i think when you look at what matt painter has kind of built and it it's not easy, but it's I would say it's something that can definitely happen. And Michigan State has had a little bit of this where you have two coaches at Purdue in the last like forty-five years. You know, you had Gene Cady for so long, and now Matt Painter is in his, I think, 20th year, which is amazing because when I played for him, he was like the youngest, one of the youngest coaches in the league, and probably mm-hmm. in the country. You know, he was like thirty seven or thirty-six. So um he, he's really built something special. The way he's recruiting, and I think getting guys that fit him—the the big guys, you know—and I, when I played for him, Juwan Johnson was a first-team All-American, but he wasn't huge. Mm-hmm. Since then, you go AJ Hammonds, Isaac Haas, Matt Harms, Biggie Swanigan was a, a not necessarily a seven-footer, but a big body and a big-time recruit, and now you've got uh, Zach Eady. It's just like the size that Purdue brings out. I remember we.
1: And this Even like a been... Swanigan, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. just guys that like the, like the team, it just felt like the front court got established very quickly where now no. it's like if you see a seven footer, you're like, he should go to Purdue. It, yeah, no doubt. I think honestly, his mentality
2: might have changed and he might answer this differently, but we played Connecticut in the Sweet 16 in 2009 mm-hmm. and got just mauled by Jeff Adrian, Stanley Robinson and Hashim Thabib. And we had no answer. And I think from that kind of moment, he he and maybe he would answer differently, but I have to think that that might have shifted his mentality towards we need to get bigger players and mm-hmm. it, it slowly started to happen, but a j. Hammonds was the first guy that's like, all right, he's massive, you know, and he was he was really good, but um, he was the first huge guy that Purdue had.
1: Let's talk about the huge guy on this team because Zach Edie, um has been a talking point. And I feel like Northwestern, weirdly, is kind of the litmus test of this Purdue team this year. They go to Northwestern. They lose that game. Uh, I'm tweeting about you being jinxed or cursed or whatever you want to call it. And then this time around, <laughs> Northwestern comes to Mackey. We go to overtime. Um There is a lot of conversation about E.D. and the fouls, but it is because he puts so much rim pressure on you that you have to have enough fouls to deal with him. Um, How impressive is it to see E.D.? Even the footwork of E.D. I think has been the the real impressive thing this season. But to see him evolve and be better from last year to this year, and you obviously have seen it in person, calling 13 games.
2: Yeah, I've had the uh, the up close and personal <laughs> seat.
1: Um, his development has been
2: phenomenal to watch, and you know, I know that earlier in the year there was a debate of is he just tall or is he actually good. That's
1: been um, going on for like two years, and yeah. it was fun. It was funny for the first six months, and then <laughs> no, uh, I'm eventually just like, watch other seven footers. Um, mm-hmm.
2: And I don't want to name any of them to like punk them out, but there's plenty of seven foot dudes in college basketball that can't change into the floor. This dude played 41 minutes last night. Like how many seven footers do you know that can play forty two minutes with the motor he has? He rebounds outside of his area, which a lot of seven footers can't do. That they, they're just gonna, you know, if it comes to them, they'll get it. But but I, I think Zachy does a good job of pursuing rebounds. He's he's improved defensively. He protects the rim. Um, I think he's done a much better job this year of of the late switches. You know, at times Purdue was only I think last year mostly they were they were drop coverage but now you see they'll be in the drop but if if the guard is behind he'll switch and he's done a pretty mm-hmm. good job of of containing the dribble um and then from a footwork perspective he he's excellent you know he like he he understands what he wants to get to he can go right or left hook he he wants his right but he can go to his left um, last well, last night,
1: night free- he had a, yeah, it was like a transition pass ahead to him. And it typically would have been like a little right shoulder, like over the shoulder hook shot Instead, said he spun the other way yeah, and gets a footwork, dunk. I mean, that's right. a lot of
2: guys travel there and a lot of good players don't make that play. But he, his numbers that he puts up, I think I, I had it written down last night. I want to say it was, and now it would be five or six, but it, at the time it was for his last five games, he's had 26 points or more. All five games were double doubles and he was averaging I think 27 and and almost 15 rebounds. Mm. Like, you know, to say he's just big, I've seen a lot of big guys that average (laughs) one and zero or like three and two, you know? Like this dude, and look, I probably, I had 30 points one time in college. I had 30 and 10 one time. And I felt like I was, it was the game of my life. He does that all the time, you know? Mm. So I, I think that, when you see somebody do something like this, and we talked about Jordan Murphy earlier, which is, that's a blast from the past name, his rebounding got normalized. You know, he'd get 18 rebounds. People are like, well, he he does that. He averages 15 a game. Edie goes for 30 and 10. It's what he does, you know? like mm-hmm. that's And that's, to say he's not a good player, he's just big, there's a lot of big guys that don't average 30 and 10. You know, like yeah, this.
1: absolutely. And, and Edie is a, a special case. But I do think there's another player on this team that's not getting talked about enough. And after the game last night, Matt Painter took time to quote Bobby Knight and talk about him. That's Braden Smith. Uh, he's not in the top 10 for the Koozie Award. Um, a lot of people upset about this. But Braden Smith has taken this Purdue team, in my opinion, to the next level with his play. And, and yep. it has kind of got them in a conversation where now you can see the path to a Final Four, path to a national championship. And then, like I said, Painter after the game said basketball is watched by Mill and understood by few, Um, and he was referencing Braden Smith. What have you seen from Smith up close and in person, and how much has he evolved in his game? Because we always talk about Edie. We always talk about, you know, even Lance Jones now, I feel like it's a lot of conversation. But Smith, I think, is the real difference maker. Yeah. You know, career-high
2: 16 assists last night, he he was fabulous. And, uh, you know, Braden Smith, I think what made last night possible is the fact that from the jump of this season, from the Sanford game on, He has looked for his own offense. And a lot of teams play drop coverage against Purdue because of Edie. And he has just torched it. You know, Mm -hmm. He's got a good pull-up jumper. He can make pull-up threes. He's an excellent passer, obviously. But I I think the fact that he's looked for his own has been huge for him because now you look at the way Northwestern guarded him last night. Those bigs were up. And they're they're trying to take away that pull-up. Well, now you've got opportunities because you've got two on the ball. And yet you've got to get it out of there. But if you can get the ball out of there, you're going to have some real opportunities to make plays for other people. So I, I thought that I, I agree with you and look at the way that he got the ball to Edie late in the game and overtime last night. It wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily just straight up post-ups. It was pick and roll. Mm-hmm. They they were getting pick and roll baskets. And I, I think that their guard play, you know, Braden Smith's a big part of that. Fletcher Lawyer's is a big part of that. And I think Fletcher's consistency You know, at times he he gives 27 to Arizona, he gives 27 to Tennessee, but the two games prior to Northwestern, he's averaging like, you know, I think he had averaging seven points and he's three of 11. So he hasn't been maybe as consistent, but he's still capable. Um, And he made a big shot last night. Uh, You mentioned Lance Jones, but I I think Braden Smith's improvement is, I'm I'm 100% with you. That's why they can win the national title this year
1: are we or do we think that they because they were freshmen last year and I feel like that was the knock going into the tournament it's like you really think a freshman backcourt, even though they do have the national player of the year is going to be able to win in March because we know it's about the guard play they get a little bit shocked to the system going up against FDU Edie still has a good game in that game but they don't get to the free free throw line as much Um, the guards were getting in picking up full court do we think that like maybe the the tenacity the toughness of the backcourt has improved enough where that's not as much of a concern I do think Lance Jones helps with that as well like yeah, it's better yeah. than Brandon Newman was last year,
2: yes. he he is definitely better at handling the basketball as a secondary ball handler. And I, I think Purdue, for the most part this year, has done a really nice job against the press. at times, I would not have said that last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lance is a big part of that. I think Braden and Fletcher, a, a year stronger, a year more experienced. You know the the freshman deal is really hard because you're going through something that you've never gone through from a physical exertion standpoint trying to handle that type of load and being a starting point guard and running a team, that's that's exhausting. And I thought that maybe they hit a bit of a wall. And then the way that they played against Fairleigh Dickinson, they they can't make a three. They turn the basketball over like crazy. Um, and they weren't able to to take advantage on the glass. And that's kind of been the recipe. Those three things are, are a pretty good litmus test of does Purdue win the game? And I thought maybe even that Rutgers win was, was impressive. And I think Braden Smith won them that game. Um, alongside Zach Eady, because they they did those three things, they turned it over, they shot it like crap, and and they they got out rebounded. So, um, I do think this team is is much more equipped to handle a deep run this year. And they've played them and UConn to me have separated themselves as the two best teams in college basketball.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think that they they can both get to another tier that teams like in Arizona or Carolina. I'm not sure they can get there if they're fully healthy and fully playing their best basketball. Uh, one last thing, Zach Eady knocked you out of the Purdue top 10 career scorers list. Yeah. Um, you were on the call for that game. <laughs> yes. is, is there a little bit of uh, like, how do you deal with that? How do you parse that? Because it, it reminded <laughs> me of Hans, bro, when he gave Armando Baycott like the, uh, the, the UNC rebounding record. Like, yeah. He's, He's yeah. happy for him, but there's still a little bit of like I would like to have kept myself in the top. No 10, doubt, I'm sure. no <laughs> doubt. You know, I just I think about I missed some
2: games because I had a back injury my sophomore year, and I had you had my a knees back brace like, like
1: Larry Bird, right? I mean, yeah, was yeah. And you know what
2: was great was I remember. It, at USA Basketball that summer, I I I played for the World University Games, and guys were like afraid to guard me because I could use it. By that time, I was feeling better, <laughs> but still wearing the brace. I just batter, I right. like, I use it as a battering ram into these guys. Like, it's like football players when they have a cast on, and they just totally like, just, it like using like us as a advantage. weapon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Other than the fact that you really couldn't bend uh, much, but yeah, it, it it became a weapon almost. Um, yeah, it's. I am so happy for Zach. He's an incredible player. I think he. If Purdue was to win the national title, you could make the case he's the best player to ever play there. And and that's mm. saying something because Glenn Robinson and Rick Mount are um, legends of basketball. Um, but yeah, you don't want to get knocked out of the top 10. If you get knocked from like 8th to ninth, that doesn't hurt. But when you're like, man, I'm now outside the top 10 scoring, that hurts the soul. Um, but you just got to tell yourself like, dude, this guy's a generational player. And not just at Purdue, but he's, he's going to be national player of the year back-to-back years and you're talking about like Ralph Sampson, I think Kareem won it twice, I don't know if he won it back to back, but it's like he's going to be in in the rarest of air amongst big big men in college basketball. So it, it it's things, but uh, it is what it is, and it's a part of getting older. Sadly, you know the records. We'll do a are meant top to eleven, broken.
1: like whenever I do the yeah. career scores yeah, at Purdue, I'll make do. sure I do a top eleven every single time. Uh, yes. In honor of Bill Simmons, I'll do that. Uh, we you. talked about Purdue. Is there a bigger? Is there another team that's out there? You think the biggest threat to win it all, like this year in the Big Ten? I mean, obviously, people like Wisconsin as mm. one of those teams. Michigan State's also a team that people think you know, based on the metrics, they have an opportunity outside yep. of Purdue. Do you think anyone else can make some noise and make a run to Phoenix?
2: I. I I think Wisconsin has a a very good – I mean, this game Sunday is huge, right? Like, Mm -hmm. if they beat Purdue at home, um, and I'm guessing that they'll be favored, it won't be by much, I don't think. But I I think Wisconsin, their depth has been phenomenal this season, which is saying something for – and I think Greg Gard deserves a lot of credit because last year they had no depth. Um, But you keep that core together of of Tyler Wall, Chucky Hepper, and Stephen Crow, which is a good place to start. And then you get A.J. Storr, who, I mean, that dude, he's played like a first-team All-Big Ten type player. All the
1: St. John's guys that transferred, by no, the way, they look incredible. That's so true. They it's just like the best team in the country. Exactly. <laughs> yes,
2: that is, that's is—that's a fact. Um, he's been great. John Blackwell has been tremendous off the bench as a freshman for Wisconsin. And I think the, you know, Nolan Winters played good minutes. And the fact that Connor Asijin has struggled to get minutes, like that is crazy because he was an mm. all-freshman player in this league last year. So... I think Wisconsin certainly um could could win the league and I I really like their team. I think defensively, Greg Gar would like to see them defend a little bit better. They are like barely in the top 40 I think in terms of defensive efficiency, but their offense is is tremendous and they don't play at a crazy pace, but they score a lot of points. I would say Illinois is still in that mix and I'm I'm still really curious to see what Illinois looks like in let's say 3 weeks. You know, you get Terrence Shannon back kind of into the mix off of his suspension. It feels like they're can, still
1: figuring out minutes.
2: I, and, I totally and, agree. Yeah, right. And I like their personnel, and I think they have talent. Um, I really give Brad Underwood a lot of credit for keeping that thing afloat while Shannon was suspended
1: because a lot, yeah, of, a lot of people couldn't like, keep that storm away. You no, know, I mean, like no, they I mean changed, it's, it's yeah. been,
2: from a media perspective, the, there's been a lot of coverage, and to kind of block that out for his Players that he had available during that time, I thought was was really well done, and then just the way they played. You know, they they played Purdue tough at Mackey without Shannon, and then I think they went three and one uh, without him. So I, I like their team. I think that they have to get back, and maybe the Ohio State game was some signs of life from that perspective. And with that being said, Ohio State seems like a team that's spiraling and spiraling quickly. Those are the three teams I think, or, yeah, outside of Purdue, those are the two teams I think can can still win the Big Ten. Um, as for the NCAA tournament, I think Wisconsin can be a second weekend team and Illinois, I would say the jury's out depending if, if they play the way that they did prior to the Shannon suspension, I think they could make the final four. Yeah. But right. The question would be, can they get back to that, to that level?
1: Yeah. Let's talk about the most concerning. Those are the good teams. Let's talk about the most concerning situations in the big 10. Let's, uh, let's, and I'll, I mean, I'll let you, I'll take let you, i Well, I'll let you pick which one uh, you want to focus in on. I'll give you three options. You got Indiana, um, which, you know, Mike Woodson's getting a lot of heat. You know, he gets a three-guard lineup, um, and everyone's, you know, jumping up and down saying he finally figured it out. Uh, You got Michigan with Jawan Howard. He's letting Phil Martelli coach special games, and, you know, there's a lot going on there. Then you got Ohio State, which it feels like we have the seven-year syndrome going on with Chris Holtman, where the fan base, even even if he's done good stuff, they just feel like they want something new. So which is the most concerning situation right now out of those three, in your opinion? I, I
2: think it has to be Michigan. I mean, they're 7-14. They're and 14. This is a crazy step. They've won three games since November 24th. It's insane. <laughs> think about that. Like, and that's... they were
1: great. At the start of the year, you were kind of no, like I, Michigan. After the St. Right. John
2: game, I was like, Doug McDaniel is nice. And he, mm-hmm. he has had a, a, a good year minus the suspension. And he's gotten a little bit inefficient, I guess, as we've gotten into conference play. Um, but he started out the year so well. Their defense is awful. Um, defensively, they are an awful team. They can score, you know. I think at Michigan State the other night, they shot like sixty-five percent from the field in the first half, but they've just gotten slaughtered out of the half. They they have been so bad in second halves. I think with just the situation, you know, with with when you have an alum coach the team, it can it's a really hard deal. You know, like when it doesn't go well, it's it's it can get really nasty. Because we think see at Louisville,
1: for, right? I mean, Kenny Payne. I mean, everyone's like, we want to yeah. give him his credit for being a part of this national championship team that we love and adore. We want him to stay a part of the program, but also we want to win basketball games.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I know. And when it when it works, it's great. Like for Matt Painter, mm-hmm. it's been a great thing at Purdue. Um, there's been other guys who have coached their their alma maters, and it's worked. But uh, for Michigan, right now, it is a it's been a strange season. The Doug McDaniel suspension for only road games. Think about this. This dude in the last three home games has taken like 47 field goals. So he's taken like almost, what, almost 14 shots a game? Yeah. His usage is like sky high. He's taken a quarter of Michigan shots in the game. They basically he's have two
1: different teams. Like they when do. they're at home, they have, they have, to have like play the a the totally Doug McDaniel. Different way. Yeah, right. They, <laughs> it's and it's like, well,
2: it's a road game. So we got to play through <laughs> Olivier Kamwa and Terrence Williams pin downs, which we're not going to do when Doug has right. the ball. Um, So that's very difficult, but defensively, they've been terrible. Their transition defense is bad. And you just, you see how the fan base kind of, it gets nasty, right? And it, I think mm. it's gotten nasty at Michigan. I think it's gotten really nasty at Ohio State and Indiana. It, it's, there has been some rumbles, I would say, from the fan base. Um, you mentioned kind of the the win against Iowa where they've they've had to go kind of three guards. And they need shooting. I did the Illinois game. They made no threes. Oh for 6. Can you imagine that? Like right. in a, in the modern era. Not First making time three in 14 years. Right. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. So the shooting is non-existent. Uh, they had to have that Iowa game. And they are so injured, which I feel for Indiana. Like Xavier Johnson, I, I don't know. I haven't seen what the injury is, but it, I heard it did not look good. Um, and then I, I heard that Malik Renu also rolled an ankle or they – Khalil Ware's been out. They, they are, they're the walking wounded. Um, Ohio State is pretty concerning as well. The mm-hmm. the January uh, <laughs> right. slumps have not been good. And uh, I, I just hope that Chris Holtman can kind of get this thing back on track because last year we saw it spiral out of control. And he just, he could never, well, I won't say never because he did have them playing better in the Big Ten tournament. But it was way too late. You know, you, you've yeah. got to find a way to get this back on track like Tuesday. So
1: I, I feel like every year Ohio State just has one NBA guy that gets poached, and then they were planning on him to be a two year guy, and it yeah. feels like the cycle just continues every single year. Sensiball was the guy last year, right? Sure. It, it's like every single year they have one guy like that. Where you are like, man, if they if they could just get him to stay, they no, would be really totally. tough. Malachi
2: Branham is the, gr- right. the perfect example of that. Uh, mm-hmm. Now with Sensiball, unbelievable talent on offense. I think he was the worst defensive player in the Big Ten Conference last year. And this right. is not a good defensive team for Ohio State again. So I, boy, he, he just, you know, he'd have like the uh, the the controller gets unplugged type plays where he's like in the corner and he's like watching the ball. And then his man is like <laughs> literally at the basket scoring. He He was... He was bad, but he could score that thing, and that's why he's in the NBA now, because he because he could score that
1: thing. And all the scouts are at the Carolina game at MSG last year. That was the one time they watched him, and they were like, okay, this, guy, this guy's balls. going to the NBA, right? Yeah, exactly. And then, and then the rest out. is history. FanDuel's putting the ball in your court for the rest of the college basketball season because right now new customers get $200 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $200 if your bet wins. Um, It is going to be a slammed weekend of college basketball. Obviously, North Carolina taking on Duke, but a lot of top matchups, a lot of good games. If you want to take a swing on Rick Pitino, who's our number one character in the OSP universe, maybe you decide that you want to bet money line. Hit it big. Rick Pitino, St. John's with the win over UConn. I wouldn't do it because it would be a stretch, but I like people that swing for the fences, and you can do that this weekend on FanDuel. Bet on college basketball with a wide range of bet types, including quick bets, same game parlays, tons of props and more. So visit FanDuel.com. Slash OSP and make your first bet a layup. Must be 21 or older in president select states. Gambling problem call 1 800 gambler or visit the ringer.com slash RG. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Uh, a, a few more things around college basketball I want to hit before I let you go, Robbie. The flagrant one phenomenon this season. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen the strangest probably was the Hunter Dickinson. That's the one we all remember. You know, yep. against TCU, where they stop a fast break to go review a flagrant one, and then it changes possession, and totally. it, it just felt like it threw the whole game out of whack. What do we do about this? And is there a quick fix? Because it does seem like it's a every single game. This can be a conversation point.
2: Yeah, Illinois fans will be thrilled that this is being brought up because there was a uh, a flagrant one on Terrence Shannon that uh, mm-hmm. I I still don't honestly think it was a, it should be a flag flagrant. flagrant. It's gotten to the point where any contact to the head is auto flagrant one. And I don't, I don't agree that that should be the rule. You know, I think that we need to look at that in in the off season. And I have come down, I've thought about this a lot. And I thought in the Providence game, there was a flagrant that just ruined the game. That's a Mm -hmm. great basketball game. And we're watching before Illinois, Indiana at the table and they call a flagrant on something that is this, that's like the softest flagrant one I've ever seen. And it ends up being a seven-point play for Providence and the game's over, you know? So in the Illinois game, there was a play. Terrence Shannon gets a fast break. He takes off from well outside the lane. And Ty Berry jumps up, tries to block his shot, misses, hits him in the head, kind of throws him off balance. Shannon tries to dunk the basketball, throws it in the bottom of the rim. Now, with, with between the Barry contact and the contact that Shannon makes with the rim, he, he goes down really hard, hits his face on the floor, He's down for a period of time. Is there contact to the head? Yes. With the rules, the way that they are, it's an auto-flagrant one. But to me, Ty Berry trying to block his shot and missing is different than Ty Berry winding up and smoking him in the head. Mm -hmm. Like He's trying to make a basketball play. So I've thought about this, and I would love to hear the officials' perspective and even officiating coordinators' perspectives on this. I think the riding that they have already, is it excessive? is it unnecessary if it fails those two criteria, flagrant but mm-hmm. if it's not excessive contact and it's not an unnecessary play I think that it's a common foul you know and whether it's the hunter play which totally changed that game or it's you know I, I saw a flagrant one and, and Illinois has been involved in two of these Lance Jones is blocking out he is making contact with Quincy Garrier Garrier jumps straight up because he's trying to get the rebound, even though he's far away from the basketball. Lance Jones undercuts him, because what else is going to happen if you're six foot, and you're blocking out a six foot eight guy, and you're blocking out with all of your force going backwards, and you lose contact, of course you're going to back up. So he undercuts him. And is it a foul? Yeah. It's a Mm -hmm. foul on Lance Jones. He undercuts Quincy Garriott. Is it a flagrant one? No. (laughs) And I'm not advocating for like 80s Pistons justice. I don't want, like, Dennis Rodman smoking some dude and putting him in the stanchion. I, I don't want that. But I do think that the way the rule is written has got to be looked at because these flagrants have gotten out of control. And I I don't think... I, look, player safety is important, but this is also high-level college basketball. And if you go to the basket and you're doing so in an aggressive manner, the potential for you to get knocked in the head, is it's there. Like, can, mm-hmm. you, can you legislate all... Contact to the head out of the game. I don't I don't think you can. And again, if if I wind up and I just smoke some guy in the head, that's a flagrant foul. And it might even be a flagrant too. You know, but like I think that if I'm trying to block a shot and I get a guy in the head, it's a common foul. Does it mm-hmm. sting for Terrence Shannon? Absolutely. It, it, it's not like I'm you're not happy that he gets knocked in the head. But I I do think that we've we've got to look at this. And I think that the, the language has got to change. So that we can, you know, not ruin some of these games with flagrants.
1: Yeah, it's kind of similar to targeting in football, right? Where no doubt. If a guy, if a great, guy's great intent comparison. is just to make a a play on the ball itself, but a guy ducks his head down and then they make contact and then he gets a targeting, now he's out for the entire game. Yeah, it just doesn't feel like it's it's done in a judicial way. It just right. Feels the like, punishment
2: is not fitting the crime. And there's some right. targetings where you're like, that dude should be ejected. Yeah, but right. Maybe for, for the next game, like, like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like right. you said, if I catch a pass. And I'm literally ducking down and I would have hit this dude in the chest, but because this guy lowers his head and I hit him in in the in the helmet, you should eject the guy for that. I right. now that brings subjectivity into it. You know, that means our officials have to be able to make more, I guess, decisions in the moment. And in football, you've got the booth. Now, well, how's it work in college football? They they have a replay booth, but the official on the field is making the call. Is I think it's
1: uh, they they call it and then they review it to make sure. And so then there's sometimes a, there's they review official Right, is there
2: an official up top in the booth that's
1: that's making that's, the decision
2: that's supposed and to? be. I think with the, all
1: of them, they're making a decision. Like there's gotcha. one so guy that's that, a joint. It, yeah, it, it gotcha. goes all the gotcha. way gotcha. to the top. Yeah,
2: I, and you're look, you're putting more of an onus on the refs. But I, I'm sick of watching these flagrant ones that are like common fouls change
1: games. Mm. I'm sick of refs being able to change games. I feel like in college basketball and the NBA has a little bit of this too, but I, you never have in a time I felt like known the officials names and, and what they do like we do now. Like TB I don't know, Teddy. like the big 10 T- Teddy
2: Valentine has been, you know, right. he's Carl right. Hess
1: was a guy back in the day in the ACC yeah, that everybody knew. I mean, there was right. a lot
2: of refs even when I played that were like famous too. And mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of a part of, I feel like, well, even in the NBA, like I think about when I was a kid, everyone was like Hugh Hollins hates the Bulls, right? You know, like so it. There's always one or two, but I feel like now
1: that they have like brands, you know, like Jeffrey Anderson, High Knees, you know what I mean? Like they're like these guys. That's true.
0: What's what's my man's name in the NBA?
1: What's my man's name in the NBA that
2: Chris Paul hates?
1: Um, Oh, uh, yeah, uh, he's got the video. Uh, I think it's actually better we don't remember his name right now, for the sake I, of. I uh, can't believe I'm blanking. Yeah, me too. Uh, but I, I don't like to give uh I don't like to give the officials their due, but it does feel like they're almost the secondary stars right now. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like coaches are almost going back down, even though Dan Hurley's trying to fight the good fight to keep them up there. You know what I mean? Like their characters are lessening, dimming. The that's players true. are growing, and I feel like the refs are on the same trajectory as the players right now. I mean, and if you talk to good. any Kentucky fan yeah. or you know I- any any fan that's like a blue blood fan. Like they're gonna tell you, oh yeah, so and so is calling Scott Foster. Scott Foster, uh, yes, yeah, yes, there you go. You. Uh, you. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where it's like they'll tell you who's calling the game, why it's gonna be like uh, Carolina the other night. They played Georgia Tech in Atlanta. Carolina always struggle struggles in Atlanta, but then you know I'm getting texts from my cousins. They're like, oh, TV Teddy's on the on the game. You know, it's gonna be a tough yeah, night. You, you know, nice. a, I feel like that's that's the world we live in, like to yeah. an extreme maybe in college basketball. Now I, like, I, though, I feel like I, I know I way play... too much. I played in Teddy Valentine Rough games,
2: and I from talking to a lot of the coaches in the Big Ten. now, I don't know now because he's been he's been out of the Big Ten for a couple of years, but a lot of the coaches really liked Teddy Valentine because they felt like as a game caller, he got the majority of the calls right, and he was not afraid on the road to make a call in favor oh, of the road team.
1: No, no, no. He, 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 he loves did not to that. make the call for the road it was team. Like,
2: I, I felt like Jim Burr was a great example. Do you remember Jim Burr? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He was
2: a ref in the Big East, the Big Ten. He might have done some ACC too. I felt like he He was in loved, the tournament too. Like, Yeah, yeah he did a lot of tournament games. He loved, I felt like, to make calls that would piss off the home crowd. <laughs> like, Like literally live for it. You know, whereas right. you had some guys that were... If you got them on the road, you're like, we are about to get so screwed tonight. We better win by 15. Otherwise, yeah. it's going
1: to be hard. Like, My favorite thing about T- Teddy Valentine, we were at the Maui Invitational 2020, no fans in the building. Uh, Zaire Williams, now playing on the Grizzlies, plays mm-hmm. for Stanford. He's a five-star freshman. He has this beautiful like turnaround little jumper he hits, and TV Teddy's running down, and Titus and I are sitting right there, and he says, like, I'm going to get this kid, basically. like he, He's like, I'm going to humble this freshman five-star that thinks he's the <laughs> shit. He gets a steal. He goes down for a dunk. He doesn't even hang on the rim, but he kind of swings back to get his feet and goes down. Teddy, tease him up immediately. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It would never happen to any other player. And I was yeah. like, that is the TV Teddy experience. He's like, that, that's another I, I we get a freshman. Of. Yeah, now, right. and that's got that's to. funny, but that's another one. Like, if you want
2: to hang on the rim, the baskets aren't coming down anymore. Like we've mm-hmm. everyone's got breakaway rims. It's not a safety everyone's thing got those anymore. Big right. If you want to hang on the rim and screw your transition defense, do it. You know, yeah. and some of them are like the safety-related one. There was a tech on. This is hilarious. This is another Illinois play. RJ Melendez in the NCAA tournament a couple of years ago got a tech in the Houston game for hanging on the rim. Yeah. And I it totally this. ruined the game. And mm-hmm. it's like, why who cares? No one's ripped it's not like we've got guys ripping backboards down, you know, like
1: just if you want to hang on the rim, hang on the rim. What what about the coach's box? I feel like this when I was a kid yeah. growing up. I mean, this was a technical foul that happened all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Gary Williams. I can re- vividly remember Gary Williams, like red in the face, running out of the coach's box and yeah. being teed up in Chapel Hill. Now you got Shaka Smart playing defense on the court. So, Archie uh, Miller too. Archie Miller. Yeah, yeah, he's got some some help yeah. defense going on. Like, ha- when do we start to address that issue? I mean, because I mean Hurley. I mean, he's the number one coach right now. He's all on the court. I mean, that's just yeah. kind of what it is.
2: I mean, I, I don't understand why the officials would allow that i think that that's an easy fix you call a couple you call a couple of them and i would think they'd stop but it's gotten out of control. Some of the photos are, are truly hilarious of where these yeah, guys are. Yeah, I
1: know. It's the one thing the coaches have this season where I feel like somehow we forgot that there is technically a coach's box. I know that it got extended, but um, it is fascinating. Uh, two more things for you, Robbie. One, what's the number one arena anthem right now? You're in all these, uh, you're calling all these games. I feel like Swag Surf is everywhere. Yeah, um, and that's
2: that's an awesome, that came out when I was actually in Belgrade, Serbia, playing for the uh, World well, University Games team. And I was... <laughs> It was hot then, and it's hot now. It, it's yeah. just a cool stadium song. Um, I mean, Sandstorm is what you guys got. Sandstorm going, that, is that just makes popular. me think of like middle
1: school or something, you know? Yeah, like I, 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 that still, song.
2: I still, am old school. Like any Jock Jams type song, mm. I'm about Jock Jams yeah. was where it was at. I, I yeah. love Jock Jams. Um, I like Zombie Nation still big. The sad thing is, is I'm getting to the point where and Jace Howard from Michigan. Yes, this is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I was at the Michigan Michigan State game. And Jace Howard was controlling their boombox while they were stretching. And he goes, "Robbie, what song do you want?" And I'm like, "Oh boy, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> yeah. seem like I'm not the biggest loser ever." <laughs> and I was like, "I cannot name." Hey, Jace, got any Beach Boys? <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't that. It's like, yeah, can I get some Tom Petty on this? Uh, you know, like, so I, I was, I was kind of panicked, and I'm like, "God, I don't know any of the new rap. I don't know any of the cool like." Ten you know. years
1: ago, you could have just said Little Wayne, and then just let I, exactly. them fill in the blanks. Yeah, so I was like you got any Wiz Khalifa?
2: <laughs> like, like, yeah, I got you. And that's what I, I could have just been like, you know, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, yeah, you know, like right. that would have been fine. Lil Wayne would have been good. And I, everyone loved Lil Wayne when, when we were in school. But it it really hit me like, dude, you are old. Like mm-hmm. you don't know any of the, the current pop culture music. You can't, it, it's just pathetic. So I gotta be better. I gotta start it, like getting up on some of this new school stuff. So if it happens again, I could be like, you know, th- play some debate or play play some Kodak. Just
1: yeah, I feel, like, I I feel like, like NBA Young Boy is the one these days be, that like, the kids want to <laughs> hear. Crazy to me. I couldn't name one song from that dude. I, you should, I, I uh, just got to get up on this. I got to get. You up should on start this. doing the Jay the J Billis. Uh, I got to go to work tweets, but with uh, NBA Young Boy, and I feel like you will you will shoot to the moon. That as will far that as your will get popularity. me up with the, the, the younger <laughs> generation.
2: I still love that Billis does that. I I love Young Jeezy. I I've yeah. loved him since high school. Just
1: Jeezy now. Uh, he's not young. He's, I know. He's just like I know. Us. But I
2: I appreciate that Bill <laughs> still puts those out because I right. every time I see one, I I I love that.
1: Yeah. Uh, One thing I wanted to ask you, Jay Williams was in a high chair at the Georgia Tech game. He does the same job as you, obviously, color commentating. And he's sitting in a high chair. Um, He says it's for back reasons. Uh, You had a back brace, so you have back problems. But the reason I'm asking you about this, one is, has that ever been presented to you? Like, do you want to sit in a high chair for your back? And two, he was listening to the Carolina Huddle, and we're about three days away from the Carolina-Duke game and I think he was trying to get insider information. I'm do you not think this is an inside job? Because he did oh, say absolutely. he wanted this, to play at Carolina if he wasn't what he, Duke. This is all reverse jinx stuff. You, know you what I think mean? This that is he what, was just uh, setting the table. Like, of course. I'm saying Be- this so I can Before the game, he said Carolina's the best team he's seen in person in the country. I mean, that is like the ultimate. Like, that's something I would do about Duke leading into a game to try to to try to <laughs> just sway them the other so yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, uh, but has anyone ever offered you a high chair have you ever seen this before? Because so I, it's I like felt the like Phil
2: Jackson throne type thing. Exactly, it's the Phil Jackson seat. Exactly. My question would be like, does he travel it in? Because I, I these places don't just have like high chairs That's on. A good deck, question. You know, yeah, like, I, people, I don't. Know. I wonder if ESPN brought that for him or if he brought it for himself. I I just sit in the chair that is there, and actually, most places have pretty good chairs at the media table. Like they recline. Yeah. You can you can lean back. Um, you know, I we're pretty, I feel like the chairs are pretty good and I do have a terrible back. So I, I have a maybe, bad, I back also. I think, you know what? Walton has a chair like that. Yes, And Walton's back is, is not good.
1: Yeah. At but the Atlanta Civic Center, they have a chair for him. They roll yeah, it out for him. Yeah. I, I believe that. I
2: believe that. And I, I think that they travel a chair for him because he does <laughs> have a really bad back.
1: Um, yeah. He's the Shout only person I've ever heard of that. Yeah, shout out to everybody with the bad backs. Uh one last thing, Robbie, and then I'll let you go. Final four of the season, right now. Uh you can change this, obviously. We we it's only February first. But if you if you look at the landscape of college basketball, last year we had a weird final four. Miami goes there for the first time. FAU twenty two yep. is very chalky. It's pretty much all blue bloods, yep. uh, considering your definition. Um, but this year, who do you think is in the final four in Phoenix?
2: Well, I feel good about two of these teams Purdue mm-hmm. Purdue and
1: UConn. Yeah. I think UConn has a real chance to repeat. And, I agree. And, and I, agree. I feel like their their secondary guys are growing, like Stefan Castle right now, mm-hmm. Jalen Stewart right now. I, I can see the wheels spinning a little bit. When on top of that, they run great stuff. They're oh my so god. Well it's beautiful. Like Danny Hurley yeah. is a really good coach. Um mm-hmm. it's almost like a throwback. Yeah it's like modern, but it's a throwback. It's very, it's very fascinating. After that, so, yeah, it's like really two. really difficult.
2: Um I don't want to just say Houston because then it's like you're picking the top teams. Um, uh, but mm-hmm. I they have done they've done great so far in the Big Twelve. Um, you know what? I'm it's, gonna get on the J the Jay Williams bandwagon. North Carolina. Okay, <laughs> nice. Carolina, the final four. Yeah. And my fourth team, I will say. What do you think about Auburn? I think Auburn
1: uh, is so fascinating. Auburn, Auburn yeah. Purdue, Connecticut, UNC. Mm, that'd be a great Final Four. Phoenix is a great Final Four location. Hey, by any way. city that's warm,
2: I'm about. So <laughs> All right. like, and Indianapolis is great, but you need to luck out on the weather. You need yeah. the weather to be good, um, and it's it's hit or miss there. But if we could have like New Orleans, mm. Vegas, Houston's warm, but it's very spread out. But I, Houston's I not in, a good. I, I'm not. a am not a Houston fan. I, but I, I do like love Phoenix. the weather, and I got to play Blue Jack yeah. National, uh, oh, which was which was sweet. Tigers Course. Um, but if we could have a rotation of like New Orleans, Vegas. I like Indy, but you got to get lucky. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think about Atlanta? Atlanta's kind of oh, spread out too.
1: I like Atlanta, but, it but it's like it's like you're in Buckhead, or you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. You're kind of just like you're, yeah, you're so in Houston separate little too. pockets. You're kind of yeah.
2: far from from places. But I I think any warm weather city, I'm with it. Minneapolis was tough. It was like 10 degrees.
0: It was (laughs) so cold
1: we went there in uh, January to film all that promo stuff for the 3X3U and it was during that's the right. polar vortex and yeah. I got the flu shooting outside and I think that was that, that's when I thought it was over for me right? you get some <laughs>
2: workers comp there <laughs> I got nothing <laughs> <for you>. I,
1: <laughs> when we took off clip. from the airport like when the plane took off to Los Angeles like one single tear like no Sean Marino just went down my face because I was like I cannot wait to get Man, out I, of this cold I weather. lived
2: in Minneapolis <laughs> for two years with the Timberwolves and it <laughs> right. was so cold in the winter time and it was but just but people like, were great by the way like I no, actually loved Love so nice. The people, people of Minneapolis, Minneapolis.
1: yeah, yes. they're, they're the nicest people I've ever met. Uh, let's play golf at the final four, Robbie. That, that's let's my last it. thing yeah. to say to We've you. We got yeah. plenty of good options out there. I'll, I'll bring the sticks and we can, we can do it. Let, let's do it. Uh, excited for the final four, Robbie. Where can we find all your work so people can stay tuned in? And uh, what's your <laughs> next game? Like, what next game do you have on the schedule? Is it a Purdue game? I'm guessing. No,
2: no, I have a break. <laughs> Purdue <laughs> is on CBS this Sunday,
1: so I will not good. be doing the
2: game. Uh, I've got uh, Michigan State, Maryland on FS1 on Saturday, and I am doing
1: Illinois and Nebraska on BTN on Sunday. There you have it. Robbie Hummel, friend of the program. Appreciate you coming on the show, man. We'll have you back, and uh, we'll see you in Phoenix at the Final Four. Sounds good. Bring the golf clubs. There you have it, Robbie Hummel, our guy. Uh, appreciate him coming on the show. We'll have Robbie back. We have uh, we have had lots of years with Robbie Hummel. I have heard a lot of stories about KG back in the day. He's got great NBA stories, great college basketball experience, and uh, he is a part of the Purdue journey this year for redemption to win a national championship. So if you've been listening to the show and you've been mad, you're like, "Where's our Big Ten talk? I need to hear about the Midwest." Robbie Hummel is our guy. He is our expert. He is our correspondent. He's whatever you want to call him because we need him on the show because Kyle and I, we went to the Midwest one time and we we had some moments of... Uh, we're like, culturally, we didn't know what was going on. That There was, uh, I mean, shout out to Titus. He gave us the full tour of the Midwest when we did our OSP tour. But what did we have? Noodles that time, Kyle? I think it was at Nancy's. It was at Nancy's Nancy's in
0: Columbus. And on the whole way there, (laughs) Titus was like, you're going to love this, man. You're going to absolutely love this. This is is what I lived off of in college. And it's called Chicken and Noodles at Nancy's. Nancy's is a charming place. It's a place you walk and you're like, wow, the food must be good here because this place is a dump. Midwest is very charming and very nice. I, I like the niceness it was I packed do. i'm like oh yeah. wow it must have something like great because this place is run down it's like it, it looks like it hasn't been changed <laughs> but that's usually the best kind of place right so we go of in course there, and dive. it's a slop of like gravy and noodles and <laughs> chicken and i assume they use some salt but i just uh, i i couldn't hide it i it was a, it was a massive like it comes by like the pound it was like this massive like two pounds it pound, was so much that and i Titus didn't know is, how like, to st- I didn't know how to start. It was like mush. It, yes. it looked like yeah, like uh, something you would get like when you were on. You your Even way a little into, like parsley it, flakes on top would have done something for me, just to like you know brighten it up a little bit. I don't want to sound like David Chang here, but uh, I don't know. Titus yeah. was going going hard, and he just he was so hurt. I was like, I gotta be honest, dude. I hate this, and I'll eat a lot of stuff. I think he's that's like, what he turned on. <laughs> I think that's what he turned on us. He's like, uh, these guys don't get it. Uh, he was like, but, and that's when I decided to leave the ringer. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm out. These guys, these guys don't understand uh, good food. Uh, if I could, If like, I could, I would have taken it back because I don't think he's ever looked at me quite the same. We got back right. to a good place, but I think I really shouldn't have said that out loud. Yeah, we're sending him love. Uh, You know He's in the Midwest fighting the good fight right now. You ain't Nancy. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Shout out to Nancy. Shout out to Robbie Hummel again for coming on the show. Uh, Shout out to the Big Ten faithful. I just want you to know that I'm thinking about you. Even if you think I'm not thinking about you and I'm trying to one up or or big time the Big Ten, I'm thinking about you. And uh, speaking of, we went to a Big Ten matchup last (laughs) night. We saw USC play Oregon out here in Los Angeles. So uh, I have officially saddled up for the new version of the Big Ten. But really, this was the brawny sweepstakes. And we want to Shout out uh, the USC, um, all the people involved. uh, Our guy, Bryce Baldelli, who helped set this up originally to get us in the building. Uh, We were courtside, Kyle. And uh, we actually got coverage on the Ringer main feed. Shout out to our guy, Jomi, for putting in the work. But uh, we went to the Galen Center. We got into the Galen Center early. And uh, we decided that we were going to try to soak up the experience as best we could. And the first thing you did, Kyle, was sign up for the L.A. Times. Uh, there was a little <laughs> booth right there. And that was that's what I knew we were off to a hot start because Kyle now is uh, is an L.A. Times subscriber. Is that
0: correct? And you get a free sweatshirt. Uh, that's why I'm an L.A. Times <laughs> subscriber. So good job for, by you guys. They just had a bunch of stuff. Yeah. You're like, hey, we're giving away sweatshirts. and I was like, great. And then I realized... About thirty. You seconds. said what's the catch, and they said you you have to pay us for a year subscription of the LA Times. <laughs> well, first thing I said, what sizes do you have? And then once okay. I was in, I was like, oh, okay. And then he's like, God. so I've got I signed up for eight weeks of the Sunday paper of the LA Times for twenty eight bucks. I don't know if that's steep or not. Uh, will we'll, it'll we'll depend on how thick the paper is. But that's yeah. how we started. I love to see
1: it. Um, It was exciting. I Both of us are now LA Times, guys. We uh we will be a part of the, uh, I like to be a part of the last of something, you know, like I have Clipper season tickets. I want to be a part of the last year in crypto.com. This is, you know, we're getting to the end days here at the LA Times. There's a lot of turmoil right now. Everyone's talking about what the future looks like, but Kyle and I are invested. Um, We are huh. trying to hold it down for our local paper. Capital I didn't J think move. I would
0: either because they covered the <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the Super Bowl. I didn't think you would either. They, they covered the Frolic Group <laughs> Super Bowl heist. Didn't mention, me once. So, uh, I mean, how how could you call that journalism? But I will give yeah. it another shot. I will give it another okay. shot. Well, maybe this is our chance to
1: change things there. Um, we are trying to change the trajectory, by the way, of the USC basketball season. In case you missed it, preseason top 25 team. Uh, they have Isaiah Collier, considered by, you know, many the number one player in the class last year. Bronny James, considered by the mass the greatest college basketball phenomenon we've ever seen. We got to see it in person. We were supposed to go to shoot around to give a little, uh, you know, back backstory here. We were supposed to go to shoot around during the day. We were going to see Coach Infield, interview him, maybe interview Kobe Johnson, one of the other stars uh, of USC. But before we got there, shout out to our guy Dave uh, Tuttle who has uh, moved the the interview into Monday. So next week we'll have Infield and Kobe Johnson. That's a little teaser there. But so we were going to go to shoot around. We we're going to have some inside baseball, inside basketball conversations about what we saw there. That got moved because infield's like, we got to get ready for this Oregon game. And we saw immediately once we got there why Oregon in the warmups, I mean, they are running through like, uh, you know, basically scouts for for USC, this very rigid uh, uh, structure. And then on the flip side, we got our USC basketball team, just a lot of swag amongst the group of kids. But they're just like shooting around, you know what I mean? Doing in and outs. We see Bronny up close in person. And my first reaction to you, Kyle, was Bronny, Good teammate, right? That, that's Let's keep it positive. Bronny, everybody's dapping him up. Everybody's talking to him. Uh, guys fall on the floor. Bronny's picking him up. So you and I were both like, Bronny James checks the first box. Good teammate. And he's cool. You know what I mean? Like, th- this is not basketball related, but pers- seeing it in person, you're like, okay, Bronny, you
0: passed the first Defined muscles, too. That's the other thing I noticed first. Yeah, right away. very right. de- Very defined.
1: Yeah, shout out to Bronny. Uh, so we were courtside. We watched them, uh, you know, shoot around before the game. We didn't go to actual shoot around. Um, And then we went back. Shout out to our guy, Bryce. Um, He comes and grabs us, and he says... Went to the Bronny James Lounge? (laughs) We're going to the Bronny James Lounge. This lounge, I guess, used to be like a store, like uh, where you could buy shirts and stuff for USC or books or whatever, but now it is a lounge that was basically created for the Bronny James fans that are coming in. And speaking of
0: Bronny James fans, Jesse Williams from Grey's Anatomy was there, Kyle. Um, Yeah, he was on the the sideline court side. We were baseline court side. It's still my first court side, but Every yeah. time I looked over at him, he was not paying attention. So I'm pretty sure we could have switched and he would have been fine.
1: Yeah, feet <laughs> on the floor for
0: all of us. But you're right. Jesse Williams is like basically pitching a movie, I
1: think, during the game, um, which kind of describes the 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 lax attitude that was going into this game. Like, it's great USC. Like, it's intimate. It's, an, it's a nice atmosphere. You can see there's diehard USC people there. You know, everybody's throwing up the fight on. Um, so it is a good environment. But it's also like you feel like business meetings could be happening during this game as well. And the lounge has provided another venue for this. And uh, we got to go in this lounge. We were we were laughing about the fact that there was a lounge. And then once we heard that it was actually Br- Bronny-related, LeBron-related, it made it even better. Um, so we, we saw that. Um, and then we see a game that was great at first. Uh, it, it was a very, you know, interactive first half. Boogie Ellis, our guys out there, trying to get some shots up. Uh, Sellers had a pretty good first half. On the Oregon side, though, I mean... <laughs> We got we sat right next to the Oregon bench, so we got some great stories there. Shellstad was the real story. I mean, twenty points, six assists in this game. He was great, looking like Pre- Peyton Pritchard out there. He says his favorite player is Chris Paul. He was fast. fast. Man. I mean, just kind of setting the tone in the backcourt. You'd be like, there's different levels to this. He was the main level, and then we got Folly Dante. Um, who is massive in person? I mean, yeah. the, Kevin O'Connor put him on the draft board. Um, I I, I feel like Dante can play in the NBA, uh, but he had two of the funniest bathroom breaks during this game <laughs> yeah, near the end One there. Yeah, one of them happens earlier in the second half. He just runs by everybody when he checks out. And we're like, oh, wow, Dante, bathroom break. And then late in the game, USC is making a a little bit of a push in this one, trying to make it a game. Uh, They were down 12. They cut it to, like, 8. And uh, shout out to our guy Dana Altman. He's like, Dante, like, come on. The, the coach the is bathroom. like, he's in the bathroom, coach. Yeah, and you, now you got coaches like arguing, like who's going to go back to the bathroom you to go get him. Get him. <laughs> yeah, the guys are running back there. Uh, we, we got a full Oregon bench experience. I also want to shout out the Oregon bench because when they go back on defense, like they literally clap and go, defense. The bench, like, the, I haven't seen this since middle school. I feel school. like the
0: bench was swaying you. I feel like towards the end there, they were like, you're like, oh, shoot that. Oh, shit. oh yeah. I mean, a good shot. I
1: mean, well, <laughs> I'm a KJ Evans guy. You know what I mean? And like, obviously, we're sitting there with USC people. We're there on behalf of USC. I'm, I'm a journalist. I can't be rooting for anyone, Kyle, but. You know, you know, he waited till the
0: end. It was it was a full it was the full right. game experience next to the bench and towards the end when it was like, I don't know. I just feel like he was just like, oh, <laughs> KJ like, Evans, you know what I mean? I started pulling for my guys, Dante and pulling for him. So um, the, is this cor- was- is this correct? Can I ahead. just ask you? You, you, you said this yesterday and I was like, holy crap, there's there's a Kobe, a Rodman, a LeBron. Is there a, is there another uh... and, and there will be a Pippin Justin <laughs> and there Pippen. will be a Pippin uh, there team. will be a
1: Pippin yeah that's what I want to talk to Go Infield about yeah he coaches LeBron James Jr. he coaches D J Rodman Dennis Rodman's son Kobe Johnson no relation to Kobe no Bryant but Just obviously Kobe, no? yeah but named after Kobe Bryant probably I mean you know it's kind of like when you meet a kid named Jordan you're like His parents probably like Michael Jordan, I would assume. Um, So you got those three guys. And then Justin Pippen, who is the youngest son, I believe, of Scottie Pippen, is playing right now in high school. He's the best player at Sierra Canyon, which is where Bryce James, Bronny's little brother, plays. Um, And USC just offered Justin. And Scottie was at the game where we were sitting, by the way, with Mark Sanchez, uh, dapping him up. And everyone was reading the tea leaves. And they are like, it looks like a Pippen might be on the way to USC Uh, because Bronny's kind of paved the path for like, I mean, all these guys, really second generation stars that can go to USC and, and have a nice setup. And it is a nice setup. Like the Galen Center is awesome. Um, the only time I, I went there to a Nevada game against the Must Bus back in 2017. Um, that was the only other USCA game I'd been to. And I'm up in the 200 level. Um, and I even then, I was like, this is a great atmosphere. It, it was a great game. Nevada, I think, ended up losing that game actually. So shout out to USC Andy Enfield back in the day. but uh, And then I saw a USA women's basketball game there. I saw Diana Taurasi with our boss Bill Simmons back in the day. So those are the only two times I'd been there. Um, Being on the court, being right by there, it it feels like a nostalgic basketball experience because it is so close and intimate. You could hear everything, Kyle. We heard literally everything. We even one of the refs was like talking to one of the boosters, like the USC yeah, booster. Like, he's like, "Can he's like, you what? do that?" <laughs> yeah, he's like, "What can we do to get some help here?" And the ref's like, "Ah, you know, we'll see. We'll figure it out." <laughs> I'll talk to you I'll talk to you <laughs> out back. Um, so it was uh it was cool in that sense. And uh I don't know what what the ceiling is uh for the season for USC. I don't think they can really change the trajectory. Um, but they are interesting. And I was even saying to you like when Bronny's on the court, even if you know, they're losing the game. It is fascinating to watch him on every possession, you know, because it does feel like he's being analyzed in that way. Yeah, right. Everything he does. I mean, he had two threes in this game, but the high and the highlights will look good. Like, if you look at the highlights of Bronny James last night, you're like, he had two big steals. Yeah, right. He had two step-back threes. You're like, damn, Bronny looks like an NBA. Like, LeBron's going to see the cut-up highlights sent to him from Clutch, and he's going to be like, damn, Bronny went off. Like, this is a big game for Bronny. Um... (laughs) And I and I I love to see it in person. And like I said, the worst thing that could happen for Bronny is for him to like be disassociated, to look like he doesn't care, to look like he's kind of above it all. A la Ben Simmons at LSU. That's what Ben looked like the entire time. He literally didn't want to be there. Bronny's the opposite. So he's always looking he, for passes, like to make he, passes. As soon as he gets the well, he's not like, he, I'm taking this one. Like no, it never was uh, He plays hard. He likes his team. Uh they like him. I, I feel like USC I mean obviously the only hope now is the the Pac-12 tournament they can make a run I'm not saying it's out of the question. Uh, UCLA is another team, though, to keep an eye on. They're getting hot right now. They, they seem like they're figuring it out. So the Pac-12 tournament could be a lot of fun. Last one ever. And uh, maybe USC, UCLA or some dark horses because they do have some talent. Isaiah Collier, by the way, who's you know the biggest name on this uh, on this team, full gray outfit, the grout fit, and uh, walking around, chilling, cheering, involved, invested. That was the encouraging part. Like as, as much people will talk about USC and how things went off the rails this season, Despite that, the team seems like they're healthy and they like each other, which when you lose, it's hard to be that way. So that was like an up close and personal body language doctor here, college basketball edition. USC still likes each other. I I mean, and maybe maybe winning
0: doesn't matter that much in Los Angeles. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) I think the vibes are high. I tell you Uh, what, the the vibes are high because I walked into the bathroom at halftime bunch of Michigan yeah. managers or a bunch of uh, Oregon managers talking shit about somebody who I could only assume was on the staff. I don't know. I won't say names. I was just in and out of there, but uh, oh, yeah. I don't think those vibes are coming from you USC at all. I feel like the
1: bathroom is where you really get the tea. You know what I mean? We saw it at the wooden award, Zach Eadie in the bathroom, looking <laughs> over the stalls. Like what the, what's going on? Uh, you have your, you came back and you are like, you know insert name you're like who is this guy and then you were just yelling the name you know what i mean see if anyone would look at me because we were right by the organ for (laughs) for the sake of anonymity let's just say the name was todd kyle would just literally the huddle as their break would be like todd hey todd and then wait (laughs) to see if anyone would would turn around and look uh no one did and it 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 got to the point where i think the todd may have been someone
0: high up i mean yeah might have been a short a short name for someone high up
1: yeah, right. I don't know. It could have It could have been something there. Um, We, we shared that with some of our USC people as if we had some
0: intel. They, they did not use that uh, at any level, but we were trying our best. You know what I mean? We I Googled were... the staff today and I couldn't find anyone uh, <laughs> with that name unless except for the one that we're thinking of. That could be a variation. Yeah, um, yeah I think it's a variation. Not... It's okay. My last point was I'll say Andy Enfield, sharp dressed man. That was really nice to see. Yeah.
1: Suit. Love to see the suit. Um, I think the suit is, it sets the tone. Mick Cronin's wearing the suit as well at UCLA. Yeah. So the LA coaches get it. Um, shout out to my guy, Hubert Davis. He's rocking the suit. I feel like if you're going to go the suit, though, Hubert's doing like suit and like collared shirt, kind of like more casual suit. No tie. I, I like the full tie. I, I feel like if you're going to go suit, go full suit. You know what yeah, I mean? Like I don't go halfway in. Um, and don't and skip Andy on the Hinsfield. shoes either. The sh- yeah. Andy's
0: shoes are on point.
1: Andy's shoes are on point. Dana Altman, um, he's coaching hard, though. This Oregon team is good. Also, we forgot to mention, we buried the lead. Big way, Billy uh, oh, in the yeah. building. Bill Walton. Just standing he, up. <laughs> standing call. up, calling the game. Like It's incredible stuff. Like This man is literally standing up so he can see, and he's calling the game. And uh, shout out to my mom and dad. They're watching the game to see us uh, on the TV screen. My girlfriend uh, watching as well. They're all texting me what Big Way Billy was saying. He said the Pac-12 should have seven bids, Kyle, in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> <laughs> and that Joe Lenardi is a nut, uh, which these are two things that this program will stand by. We are on Big Wave Billy's side. Uh, we stand with him. Um, so it was great to see him in the building. Uh, Dave Pash as well. It was a very Pac-12 night. Uh, it just felt like it meant more in the Pac-12. Uh, now it'll be a Big Ten night next year. So um, a lot to notice, a, a lot to see. Also want to shout out Jomi, our social producer at The Ringer. He, he was, was there with us. a great Great hang. It was he's my the first best. real hang with him. He was, he was yeah, great. he's good. And uh, he got noticed. He got shouted out first. Uh, you know, first you and thing. I, we, yeah, we come in there. You're like Midnight Boys, right? right? <laughs> yeah, right. The, the, the USA booster who ended up talking to the ref is like, yo, are you Joby from uh, the Ringerverse? <laughs> and... Shout out to Jomie. I mean, uh shout out to the ringer also. We, we it, was so,
0: a... it was so it was so off putting that you you never do this too. It was so it wasn't off putting, it was just like we were shocked that like, you know, it wasn't we weren't we weren't the first people. It was like I know. it was right away. And he was like, What do you guys do? You work for the ringer? And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, you know. And he's he's yeah. like, Yeah, I do one Shining podcast. And also, you know, me and him used to work for Bill Simmons. He's like, Oh, cool. And he just yeah, he's yeah, like, ne- like, he's like never like never. Heard yeah, you never say that. You never say Bill Simmons and, and you were just like, This guy's gonna know me. Yeah. I was like, I <laughs> I have to check here to see what's
1: going on. <laughs> this guy's like, I don't even know who Bill Simmons is. He was like, he's but, like, yeah, but know the ring, reverse. Yeah, the Midnight Boys. Come on. It was great. Uh yeah. and uh yeah, Jomie's a good hang. The USC in general, like, you know, I've been to use, I've been to Paul Pavilion, but like it was it was low-key, but cool. You know what I mean? That's the USC basketball experience. Also, uh cousin Sal was in the building with his kids uh randomly to go, you know, Archie is oldest, is at Oregon, uh, but he brought uh, you know, Harriso, uh, you know, young Harrison. Who was Harry's favorite I love Harrison so much And I think it was Harrison's baseball team That was uh, That was there And they were sitting In the 200 level So Sal was mad at us That we were sitting Courtside He was like <laughs> yes. "What? What is happening here He didn't even come uh, see us At halftime no, he. I, don't, I think he left. I, I think he saw where we <laughs> were and he was so upset that he left. Um, the only people in the 200 section was Harrison's baseball team and cousin Sal, but they were there um, standing strong. So we love to see that. And then uh, producer Jack uh, from FanDuel TV, Jack Wilson, his wife works at USC. So it was a lot of
0: uh, two frog connect- group guys came too.
1: Also yeah right we got Pat Lewis and Troy uh shout out to Troy in the building uh for Michigan State I think he was scouting for the Big 10 um I that, <laughs> that, that that was my read on the situation he was getting ready for next year but uh yeah we had a lot of allies friends of the program in the yeah. building um I felt safe I felt safe I felt secure and uh hopefully we can do it again KOC told me he needs to go to a USC game to to do some in person scouting for the big board so maybe we run it back at some point we'll figure that out but uh I, I just wanted to say thank you to USc thank you to uh you know Connor Nevins our ringer editor for helping uh, facilitate the situation and uh shout out to we got on the main page Kyle this show, we're we're uh, we're an indie show, you know what I mean. We're having fun out here. We're, we, we have can been say on the main page since like 2019, buddy. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm still waiting for it to be on the website that, that it exists again. <laughs> um, but we'll see. We'll see if we get there. I, it's one step. It's one step in the right direction. Um, shout out to everybody that was involved. Also, shout out to the rewatchables. By the way, they're on their live tour. Um, they're going all over these cold weather places. They were in Philly last night. Shout out to Chris Ryan being back in Philly. That's cool to see. Um, They did Chicago, D.C., um, so yeah, the Rewatchables crew is out there and also shout out to our, our boss, Bill Simmons. Uh, you know, what's going on, Larry David. I, I just finished the Larry David podcast. That was great. Um, that was one of the first things Bill said to me, like early on when I first started working with him, I was talking about like the BS report and like people who listened and, you know, he was like, you know, someone who listens. I was like, who? <laughs> He's like, Larry David. And I was like, what? Like, Larry David, he's like big sports fan. And uh, so the fact that you get LD on the show and he was like so
0: excited to be on it, it was great. Especially because he's a guy who, you know, the show is supposed to be him and there's a lot of truth in his jest." And right. you're like, he seems like a guy who doesn't really like anything. He could just yeah, take it or leave it, whatever it is. And it's like he likes the Bill Simmons podcast. That's that's a win. That's a win of all wins, really. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it so much. And uh, if you haven't listened
1: to the episode, go listen to it. Uh, if you haven't ever listened to the Super Dave uh, Bob Epstein Against All Odds that uh, that he did years ago, um, that was one of the funniest shows I've ever done in my entire life. And I I didn't do anything but sit there and laugh. And then at the end of the episode, Bill's like, tate do you have anything to ask super dave and i was like do you still have the hat he was like what kind of dumb question is
0: that what, what who is this guy
1: <laughs> what is was, this
0: who's gonna hear this <laughs> yeah
1: he was yelling out the window so he said people would hear he was like these would be the only listeners of the <laughs> show so yes. it, it was uh, it was an incredible and uh i mean the funk the funk man is the best um I'm excited for the last season of Curb. I'm going to miss Curb, and also Kyle, uh, Bremar, where we played golf with John Chustrymski. That's where they shoot all the uh, Curb uh, golf scenes. Now, I couldn't so. believe that when you said that. I felt yeah. uh, I felt a privilege and honor to be in there. So yeah, I saw LD and I saw Vince Vaughn one day when they were shooting, and uh, I cannot play golf, Kyle. So I I did not find it very enjoyable, but uh, I will find it enjoyable when I watch it. Um, and uh, shout out to. Shout out to the whole, you know, crew there, the Curb Crew. They're they're a great group of people, funny group of people. Shout out to Bill Simmons for having on the show. Let's do some quick shout outs uh, so we can get out of here. I want to shout out Todd Golden, uh, signature win for the Florida coach, uh, the Golden Boy himself. Um, coach Cal is up three. He decides not to foul. I know you've heard this one before. He did it, you know, in the National Championship game once upon a time. And uh, then after the game, well Walter Clayton, in case you missed it, hit a 3. They go to overtime. Florida wins in overtime. After the game, coach Cow was asked about not fouling. He said, "If we were going to foul with that much time against a really good rebounding team, number 1 in the country, that's just dangerous." Um And then he said, after that, the kid drove it in the lane and one of my guys left his man. One of those guys that did leave his man was Reed Shepard and Walter Clayton Jr. Great shot fake, hits the three forces overtime. Right now, Kentucky is fifth in the SEC behind Bama, Auburn, South Carolina, and Tennessee. So something to keep an eye on. Kyle Mann is not on the show. Um, so I will save some of the Kentucky talk for when he's back on the show on Monday. Um, but we'll have even more to talk about because Kentucky has a big (laughs) game this weekend. Yeah. Against Tennessee. So we'll, we'll see where we are, right. You know, at that point. So, uh, also want to, you know, since we're talking about Kentucky being down, I'll talk about my tar heels. They lost at Georgia tech. Um, this is Georgia tech's first win against an AP top three team since 2004, 2005. Um, shout out to Damon Stoudemire, mighty mouse beat Duke this year at home beats Carolina at home. Only two coaches to do that in their first year, Sidney Lowe at state, Kevin Keats at state. And we both know Kevin Keats is a winner. So Damon Stoudemire, love to see that. No call late in this game. R.J. Davis, uh, much disputed, much discussed. But at this point, Carolina's 10-20 and in Atlanta um, over their last 30 games. So it is not a good place for them to go. I, it makes me think, Kyle, that North Carolina should not go to the SEC um, because they need to stop going <laughs> to Georgia to play basketball games or football games, for that matter. So um, it was a tough loss. We got Carolina Duke this weekend. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit, but I'm going to keep running through these shout outs. I want to shout out Boise State. They ended the New Mexico Magic at the pit. They handed the New Mexico Nepos their first home loss of the season. Um So thoughts and prayers with New Mexico and, uh, you know, Coach Patino because that was a tough loss Um, to get people up to speed. Fifteen days ago, Memphis was the number 10 team in the country. Um, That was 15 days ago, maybe 17 days ago at this point. But when I wrote this note down, it was 15 days ago at that time. So if you haven't kept up with college basketball for 15 days, Kyle, you're talking to your friends. You're like Penny Hardaway, coach of the year. David Jones, like dark horse, wooden player of the year. Um, they have now lost four games in a row to teams ranked hundred or, or hundred or higher in Kim Palm. Um, and Kim Palm has taken a victory lap. He says that Memphis has been frauds the entire time. That's what his numbers have been telling him. Um, so Penny Hardaway, Memphis, they, they have a, a Jordan Brown problem. He comes back, they lose four games. It was supposed to be Na- Naquan Tomlin and Jordan Brown. were going to, you know, help the, this situation, but it has not been the case. So, uh, we're 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 keeping eyes uh, on Penny Hardaway right now. Uh, shout out to the old Miss manager that was mopping the floor. He got a standing ovation for his efforts. Uh, he <laughs> dropped the mop and went and got another towel. I mean, I love dedication. I love effort. Uh, I love when people have a sense of urgency, you know what I mean? Especially in these jobs. We even saw with the managers rebounding for USC, a sense of urgency, sense of purpose, you know, that's what these managers do. And uh, the old Miss manager deserves all the credit he's getting. So shout out to him. Um, Ron Baker called Michael Beasley him. Um, So uh, Michael Beasley, yet again, is being referred to as him. He says that, uh, and then Frank Martin, who coached Michael Beasley, coached him. um, He responded to Ron Baker, obviously former Wichita State State star. And he said, I still can't believe that I couldn't convince you to come play at K-State after him. Hope all is well. Um, Frank Martin uh, really cool guy. I, I met him at the Asheville Championship. We had like a little coach's dinner, you know. I got to talk to him and Rick Stansberry a little bit. Um, I love Frank Martin's philosophy. Went to the Final Four in 2017 with South Carolina. People don't give him enough credit for that. So uh, I thought that was a fun little moment on Twitter. Um, speaking of Twitter, Terrence Oglesby, our guy, um, he is fighting the good fight. He is out there talking about the Big 12 and their metrics and them gaming the game. And he is taking uh, shots from from the Big 12, from the Big East, uh, for all the net believers out there. And I think he's 100% right in what he's saying. Uh, Fran Freshilla, noted Big 12 defender, kind of gave a nice little like rundown of his thoughts on it, like, Little bit here's a both sides of the conversation, but I just wanted to say to Terrence, we're on your side. You're fighting the good the good fight. Um, I think he should be taking his anger out on the Big Ten, not the Big Twelve. You know, that's where the real battle is. Um, as far as the ACC and the Big Ten and the perception and the narrative, the Big 12 is not really the one, but they are game in the game. So they deserve um, a little bit of a point out. Um, speaking of things being pointed out, Tyler Kolick, uh Marquette star, said about Kyle Neptune, coach of Villanova, quote, they come out, they announced Kyle Neptune and all their fans were booing. We looked at each other like these fans lost confidence in him. Let's go at him. Let's take their confidence. That adds something to us. So um, Tyler Kolick, <laughs> This guy, he's he's a headline hunter himself. Um, I like shout out this to guy, Dickinson. I like, I like this guy
0: too, but he he he's honest, Kyle. In a world where everybody's like a PR like train, he might be a little bit more of a a jerk than I thought, and like maybe in a good way, but I, yeah. maybe it's not in a good way too. I don't know. <laughs> I I it's really strange to watch him play because you feel like he would have been a
1: great Jay Wright Villanova guard too, uh, going against this Villanova team, and then making that comment afterwards about Villanova fans. Now, Kyle Neptune, um, you know we. I support Kyle Neptune. I think Kyle Neptune uh, needed, you know, kind of a three, four year, you know, kind of brace period post Jay Wright. But rightfully so, Villanova fans are looking and they're saying, we're 50-50 to get in the tournament. That's not Villanova. We're supposed to be running the Big East. So I don't like the booing, but I understand the booing. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I and I like what Dawn Staley said uh, when she was playing at LSU. They asked about her getting on the boos. And she said, yeah, they were calling me boo. Uh, Maybe that's what Kyle (laughs) Neptune does, you know what I mean? He spins it the other way. Like, they're just calling him boo because they love him so much there at Villanova. So, uh, you know, shout out to Tyler Kolick trying to stir the pot. That guy's a straw, and uh, it is working. Uh, Shout out to Tom Izzo, 700 win. That was good to see. Everybody was excited about that. Um, Yeah, 700 wins. It's big time. Dan Hurley, by the way. We're in February now, but Dan Hurley gave one of the greatest rants on January ever. (laughs) Uh, I sent this to Kyle. (laughs) He says he tweeted uh, once February 1st hit uh, Rabbit Rabbit, by the way, to everybody out there. He said that he actually loves January now. So he is uh, he started out hating January. But now uh, Dan Hurley is a a very mean things about January and January. And (laughs) right. He's repenting uh, for his January hate. So um, I'm happy to see that. And Dan Hurley talking about like an old school coach that manipulates the officials like this guy will get a technical early in a game clap in the official's face and then be like I own him you know what I mean like that for the rest of the game he's like I own this guy it's
0: it's a very throwback thing i Can love I to see just say it. some of the comments that was actually pretty clever in the in that thing you had sent me on twitter they were basically insinuating like she was like a stripper at the local <laughs> <laughs> yeah right now me and january we're on good terms we're all settled up yeah, like yeah. we can all have a good time again
1: she, she's pissing me off yeah but yeah we're all good now <laughs> we're all good we're all settled <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Shout out to Dan Shout out, out shout to the out internet to January. Yeah shout out to the internet man they, they, Everybody's having a good time out there Um, Shout out to Duke and Carolina Dean Dome this weekend uh, Saturday will be the 49th time Duke and Carolina Have met with both ranked in the AP Top 10 Not only is that 35 more than any other matchup But the rivals split the previous 48 With an average score of 76.8 UNC To 76 for Duke That's 24 wow. wins for UNC 24 wins for Duke Um, Jay Billis did the the classic PTI. Yeah, it's the best. Jay Billis hops on PTI. They ask him about college basketball. He talks about Caitlin Clark for the majority of it. And then Tony's like, Jay, what game are you watching this weekend? And Jay Billis, I mean, play the hits. He was like, it's Carolina Duke. It always delivers. And I, and I needed to hear that because sometimes you start to waver. You know, I feel like I'm I'm out here just like on an island, you know, talking about Carolina Duke and people are like, OK, we're over, it, we're over. it." But Jay Billis on a national platform says this is what's happening. And then Dan Shulman, our guy, met him last year at the Maui Invitational, said he was a fan of the show. Really nice guy. He tweeted, I love college basketball. I love the prep for the games. I love watching tape. I love the whole thing. I love it too, Dan. Uh, he said, but not going to lie as much as I love all the games. I do Duke UNC stands out. Can't wait for Saturday. Um, um, Jay Billis, Dan Shulman, uh, on the call in Chapel Hill. It's going to be a great game. Top 10 matchup. A top 10 tilt, as we like to say. Um, it's going to be great. So I'm excited to watch. I'll be watching and uh, trying to monitor my heart rate as much as I can. And uh, hopefully the heels show up and it's a good game. RJ Davis, you know Kyle Filipowski, the top two guys in the ACC Player of the Year race based on the odds. Shout out to our, guy, our friends at FanDuel. So it'll be a great game. Also, Saturday is the fourth time in AP poll history. First since 1994, we get three top 10 games in one regular season day. Um, Shout out to Brian Ives, by the way, for for all these little notes. Our our guy, Brian Ives, does research for ESPN. One of the best. But we got at four Eastern, we got number four Houston taking on number eight, Kansas. We got number seven Duke taking on UNC. And then we got number five, Tennessee versus Kentucky. So on Saturday, you could literally just put it on ESPN at one o'clock our time, uh, four o'clock Eastern, and then just sit there. And just let it wash over you like the best teams in college basketball. That is a murderous row of six college basketball teams right there. Six of those teams should all be in the final four. But again, there's only four spots. So that's how good it's going to be on Saturday. Um, Just stay on ESPN. We're going to be back on Monday with Kyle Mann. Also, the Pro Bowl is this weekend. Uh, If you want to watch some ridiculous stuff, it's like a field day atmosphere. So that's fun. Uh, But Saturday is all college basketball. Sunday,
0: there's there's a couple games as well. Kyle, do you have any shout outs before we get out of here? Uh, yes, I wanted to shout out. Yesterday, we were pretty, uh, we were enthralled with uh, Wisconsin, Nebraska. We That's we were right. late back to halftime because uh, they were down to like the last like fifty six seconds, and it was like a one two point game. Nebraska came back and won that. Um, you were pulling for Nebraska as much as you pull for somebody before you walk out of the <laughs> the Bronny James Lounge back to halftime. But you but were it like, was it'd be, nice, be ni- it it was, nice. It looked Nebraska like it was over. Won. And I was yeah. like, I, I was shocked because
1: uh, our friends at Fanduel had reached out to me and they asked like for games and whatever. I don't even think they tweeted out my picks, but I'd given them Nebraska um, to cover, not to to win Moneyline. But I looked and I was like, damn, another L like that. <laughs> definitely not going to. And then I walked out. and I was like, I am pulling for the Huskers. Um, shout out to Fred Hoiberg. Yeah, big win. And I think that was like the first game in 24 years or something. I saw that Wisconsin had a 15 point lead. It was a very Big Ten stat of the day. But uh, Nebraska... Uh, shucked that record out of the way and uh, got a big win, so yeah, that was great. We saw that at uh, at halftime at the USC game, so that was good.
0: Okay, I only got two news things today. Apparently, Please. it's midseason ad players. Even with the certain... LA Times subscription, you don't, you don't have any more news, <laughs> it things? doesn't show up till Sunday, dude. So, oh my uh, we'll god, see. you gotta but, get the uh, digital version. You gotta get, I guess, the, uh, so the I don't think that yeah. I, I, maybe that comes with like a, a, a headband or something. Um, <laughs> no, it's 38 more dollars <laughs> a month. Oh, great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, I guess it's mid season, uh, adding to watch lists thing for different awards. So that, that kind of ate up a lot of the things I got two things here. This is just, I don't think this guy was on our, our names list and he should have been Jameson Mm. battle is a, yeah, uh, those are two two things I like. Yeah. Yeah, He's named as finalist of the Julius (laughs) Irving award, mid season watch list. Shout out to him. I just think Jameson battle not spelled the name. I would spell Jameson, but it sounds the same. So it's good enough. Uh, shout out to him. And this is just, this was a good video. Did you see this? Uh, injured LeBron James clips his nails on the sidelines as the Lakers <laughs> are playing the Celtics. He definitely could have been in, uh, in the Galen Center with us, but he, she, he like Bronny, is also a good teammate, so he followed uh, his team to Boston. But it was just funny watching him laughing, clipping his fingernails on the sidelines. Somebody's got to clean that up, Bron. Yeah. And then
1: also Austin Reeves is going off while he's doing that. So I I thought that was great. Um, yeah, I really thought LeBron might pop up at the Galen center and I, to, to give full, uh, you know, I, I wore a full Carolina blue Jordan suit just in case if Michael Jordan was checking on Bronny, he could see where I stand in the fight. You know what I mean? But if I saw Bron there and I'm in a full Jordan sweatsuit, I don't, I don't know what he thinks. I, I mean, he's probably pissed. He's like, go put on some Nike stuff. Um, I mean, it's all owned by Nike, but, um, we need Braun in the building. Also, you mentioned the watch list thing, the Carl Malone watch list we have to change the name. Um, right, right. We have to change the name. I, I've been saying this for years and every time the list comes out, I'm like, nobody wants to be on the Carl Malone watch list. OJ you know Simpson. I mean? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I know Tim Duncan with- played, played the five in in college, but he's considered a power forward, maybe the greatest power forward ever. Maybe. And he owns the double doubles record in college. Maybe we call it the Tim Duncan award or the <laughs> Tim Duncan watch list. You know what I mean? Like let's update that. So uh, I'm, I'm making that one of my, I want to stop flopping in, in college basketball. I won't Flops to be repeated. Keep the coaches I, on the sideline. And <laughs> keep the coaches on the sideline. And I wanted to change the Carl Malone watch list <laughs> to something else. I mean, I can, even if it's a Duke, even if he told me it was the Christian Leitner watch list. I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't like it, but at least it would be better. It's a step
0: in the right direction.
1: It's a step in the It's It's a very baby step. It's a baby step. It's the oh. smallest step you could take. But it's, it's still better than what we got going on. Because every time I see it, I have to do a double take. I'm like, what happened? What did they do? Um, instead of being like, oh, yes, they're the best power forwards in college basketball. So, um, yeah, that's my last shout out. Whoever is running that award for the best power forward in the country let's rebrand. I love a. Re- I, I'm all about the brand and not the man. So let's, let's rebrand. This is a branded award. It just has a name stuck to it. So, um, let's change the man that'll change the brand and that'll be good.
0: And shout out Rick Pitino. He's playing UConn this weekend. And I really, right. I know it's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen, but I'm gonna watch with my gear on, like it might happen because boy, what an upset would that be? Also, we got Marquette Georgetown love some Big biggies basketball. Yeah, Biggie's basketball
1: is great. It is great theater. It's great drama. It's great characters. And like you said, we had the beef with Hurley and Patino and Patino talking about, you know, we're going to play this game, you know, in Queens next time. And then all the UConn fans be like, you're scared. You don't want us to take over MSG, you know, store South, all this sort of stuff. Now it's oh, going to be they a at? test. Where are they this at? Actually? It's, it's even... at MSG this year. Oh, it's so at MSG. Rick, Rick didn't get the chance. I told he's you he was going to get steamrolled. He's saying for next year. He's, he's, oh, like okay. trying to already, he's already trying to set it to be like, I'm trying to disadvantage UConn against us because I know who the best is. The best is UConn. If you didn't, shout out to Sean Miller. If you didn't see Sean Miller's press conference uh, after Xavier just won their last game where he talked about how he felt after UConn, It is desolate. I mean, the guy's basically like, I never thought I'd win a game again when I left UConn. I mean, it's the biggest compliment to Dan Hurley and UConn, but he was like, I didn't know how this team would respond. I thought the season could be over. Like, that is what UConn is right now. They're a juggernaut, especially in their own conference, even though they haven't won it since 2006, um, which is crazy to say. So Rick Pitino knows what he's doing. It's going to be a great game. Maybe we get like a Pitino hurly face-to-face confrontation. You know what I mean? It's like the the Kanye 50 50 cent cover from 2007. You know what I mean? (laughs) Sure. Like that's what we need. We need a face-off. We need a face-off between these two guys. Um, That'd be great for the Big East. But yeah, shout out to everybody that's tuning in. Appreciate USC again. Appreciate Robbie Hummel coming to the show. Uh, Thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, Shout out to all the USC basketball fans and faithful. Shout out to that guy that knew Jomi. Um, He was a great fan, (laughs) a true USC guy. Um, We'll be back on Monday with Kyle Mann. And uh, next week, we're going to have some fun interviews, hopefully with Andy Infield and Kobe Johnson. So we'll see you on Monday. Thanks again to our friends at FanDuel. Must be 21 or older and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit CCP g.org/chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, one 800 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-gambler.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call one 877 8 hope or text HOPE-NY in New York.